Was Epstein whacked? Was the moon landing faked? What about Pizzagate? It seems that everywhere we turn, there's a new conspiracy that causes chills down your spine and makes you want to figure out how you can keep your family safe. Now, some of the most popular conspiracies can and cannot be verified. But on this video, we're going to be looking at a verified conspiracy that's right under our nose that may shock you and impacts almost all of us. Bruce Lawn. This is by far the most infuriating conspiracy or lack of conspiracy because it's out in the open and you can really go down the rabbit hole of this as much as you want to. And it's something that isn't really considered unless you know a little bit of history and you're willing to dig away. And it's something that isn't even conducive to the most optimal way to live, whether that's from a communal standpoint, whether that's considering the environment, whether that's what's happening to your body when you do this to it, whether that's looking at what the scriptures encourage us to do, how we are encouraged to have a mindset of something that I think is much more needed. This really touches every single area of our lives. And it's something it's something unexpected. It's something that you wouldn't even consider until we look into it and really break it down. And it's something that's happening right now in many areas that we live in and we don't quite understand what's happening when we look at the crazy housing prices that we've seen since 2020 and beyond when we look at how migration patterns have changed a lot of this doesn't make sense when we pull back and look at things globally and if you haven't figured it out yet the conspiracy is how utterly goofy and backwards our American housing and zoning laws are. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're like, wait a minute, Ruslan, what are you talking about? Zoning laws? Yes, zoning laws. Utterly bizarre, super backwards, rooted in actual racism that disproportionately has affected people of color. It's a complete train wreck of a institutional issue in our society happening right now and odds are it's impacting you. I'm going to share a personal story of how I discovered this when I just looked away at some numbers in terms of us potentially hopefully buying a home soon. My buddy whose dad bought a home in the 70s and how this all came together. I'll share that story at the end of this video. This is just from the Institute of Human Studies. I'm going to play a little bit of this. And I got another video. And then I actually got a Dave Ramsey video that kind of indirectly applies to a passage we're going to be looking at. So check this out. And that's a major reason why San Francisco's housing costs are the highest in the United States. Cities across the country have begun to build out by heavily regulating the ability to build up creating scarcity at attractive city centers and bidding up the price closer to city downtowns. And so the uh, supply has not kept up with this increasing demand. You want people to live in dwellings that have a minimum size, but the consequence of that is people who can't afford that minimum size won't be able to live in those dwellings. And so what are they going to do? Is there a logical stopping point to minimum housing sizes? You know, why don't you make the minimum house size 2,000 square feet? Then we'd all live in palaces or 4,000 square feet. Let's, let's make everybody in New York City live in a single family home. That'll solve the problem. Single-family zoning laws of the 20s and 30s went a long way to realize the vision of cities held by modernist planners. But they weren't enough, and by the 1950s and 60s, cities weren't just blocking traditional urban neighborhoods from being built. Armed with new federal backing, cities gained license to rezone and condemn neighborhoods as blight, often wiping out entire neighborhoods for minor building design infractions, like not having wide enough lawns separating each dwelling. 
This had the added and often deliberate effect of forcing out poorer minority residents from the city, who tended to live in denser multifamily homes that were disliked by most modernist planners. The explicit reason was... So what's happened in the last hundred years is that the zoning laws have shifted from mixed-use zoning, from multifamily zoning, apartments, condos, so on and so forth, and especially if you're in California, to something that is called single-family zoning, and it creates a certain barrier between each house. It makes it completely dysfunctional with how far you live away from where you work. The average American commutes 30 minutes to work, so you're sitting at least for an hour a day. The wear and tear that has on your body, and when you build everything as single-family zoning, you essentially push all the people that can't afford to buy a home or live in a home out. And we're going to get to how much the size of the average home has increased in a minute in a passage at the end of the scripture. So make sure you watch till the end. Let's watch a little bit about this. Safety. Later on, many of these zoning codes were used to segregate populations, either explicitly by race or by uh, cultural uh, backgrounds. So these were also, whether directly or indirectly, were used to push people out either by race or by cultural backgrounds because a lot of folks couldn't afford to live in this single family zoning that went from folks living in apartments, condos, that sort of thing to single family homes where everything is just spread out and is basically our modern suburban neighborhoods. In place of these neighborhoods, modernists favored further single family home building. They also favored long, wide streets and narrow sidewalks with the goal of reshaping American cities around the automobile. They would erect massive civic centers and plazas sometimes with the primary goal of achieving architectural aesthetic, often forgetting the people they were architecting for. That's the very, very, very surface level. You can go down the rabbit hole of zoning, the history of it, how toxic it is, how it negatively impacts us. And what happens is this. What happens is now, especially if you're in California, the zoning laws are so goofy that in areas where you could build up or even build out five-story homes, don't get passed. Why? Because it's not a part of the zoning. And so now you have more and more and more poor people getting pushed out of areas like San Francisco, people getting pushed out of areas like Oakland, people getting pushed out of areas like downtown San Diego, Los Angeles, and they're going further and further out because there's so many uh, environmental regulations and it's so hard to build. And the city of Los Angeles, for example, got a $1.5 billion uh, tax incentive or, or, or tax fund to build a certain number of units and they completely, utterly squandered it. They built like a couple hundred units because of how goofy and backwards the zoning laws are. And this directly impacts housing prices, which we're gonna get to in a minute. And again, there's gonna be a passage of scripture that's coming here in a second. But this is completely backwards. Go, if you've ever traveled to Europe, I've been to Paris, I've been to Rome. What you discover is that they don't have huge skyscrapers. It doesn't all look like New York City or Tokyo or Hong Kong. There's a lot of five-story housing that looks appealing and there's markets and small businesses on the bottom floor. You can live and walk everywhere or ride a bike everywhere and basically have a much simpler, cleaner, healthier quality of life. And by the way, consider this. If we're having to individually send piping, sewage, electricity to each individual house, it's also inefficient instead of building buildings and sending it to buildings because it's only plumbing into one building and the walls being shared is less of a drain on the environment, less of a drain on electricity, so on and so forth. There's so many pros to this. And so I want to show you guys an example of a part of the country 
I think that's building the future. Okay, this is from the channel Climate Town. Another good video to go check out. The suburbs of bleeding America dry. Check out this video where he highlights what could be the future of how a lot of our housing is going to be built, which is basically mixed-use family, uh, mixed-use zoning. So check this out. Here's a real-world example of mixed-use zoning in America. You got apartments right next to a movie theater, right next to a whole bunch of restaurants, right next to a school. Now this place I'm standing right now used to be a big shitty parking lot for a big shitty mall called Villa Italia. Things had started to change, and by the early 90s, the signs of decline were obvious. Its retail activity peaked in, in 1994. Actually, it was devastating. We'd have a store leave and not come back, and then another. But once they shut the mall down, they redeveloped this area into a fun, walkable, livable zone that is one monologue away from not one, not three, but two grocery stores. And now it's one of the most sought-after areas to live in Colorado because it's kind of fun to live here. And it generates a whole bunch more money for the city than a parking lot for a struggling mall. So imagine living in an area where you can go downstairs, there's a school, there's a Target, there's two grocery stores, there's a park, there's a movie theater, there's a skating ring, all within walking distance of you. And this is right outside of Denver, Colorado. I think we're going to be seeing more developments like this. And some people would say, well, man, I don't want to live in an apartment. That's fine. But what you're seeing is that there's actually a demand for people to live in these sorts of mixed zoning areas. It's better for your physical health. And millennials tend to prefer living in a city. However, because the zoning is complicated in cities, more people have gotten pushed out. And so it's more expensive. But Say you're like me. Say you're like me and you're saying, Ruslan, I want to buy a home. We want to buy a home. We want to have a yard for our kids to play in. We want to be able to uh, uh, have my son run around in the backyard, so on and so forth, right? And I'm going to get to a passage and a story here in a second. But I want to point out something that I heard Dave Ramsey say about home buying. Because the myth that we see propagated because of zoning laws, because of how hard it is to build houses, because it's, in, it's tough to build them to make them profitable, because this is happening, a lot of people aren't able to afford to buy a house. And we're saying, well, my parents and my grandparents could buy a house. However, I can't buy a house, so therefore it must be rigged. Okay, and I'm going to give you a real life, real deal numbers example of this in a second. Okay? And I don't agree with everything Dave Ramsey says or teaches, but I think this clip is very, very helpful and is going to tie into a passage in just a second. Listen. The dream house for someone in 1962 was 1,000 square foot, one and a half baths. The dream home in the 60s, where a lot of our, your grandparents bought homes, was 1,000 square feet. One story, one car garage, one car in the driveway. That was the standard of living of the average American in 1962. Today, it is a microwave, a towel warming drawer, three car garage with electric garage door openers, which when I was a child were only for rich people. The average house price to the average income is completely out of whack. Well, the average house is completely out of whack. The average house in 1962 was a thousand square feet. The average house today, you want to know how big it is? Most new developments are building houses that are 2,500 square feet or more. We have some building down the street from us behind this new neighborhood they're building. Minimal 2,500 square feet all the way up to 4,000 square feet. That's a mansion, fam. So you have folks 
that are wanting to buy homes like their parents did, forgetting that most of the homes your parents bought were probably under 1,500 square feet and your grandparents were living in homes that were 2,000 square feet. Developers are building these bigger homes because of the zoning and the regulation makes it really difficult to build smaller homes and to make them pro- make them profitable for the folks building them because of the zoning laws. So it's a multi-layered complex issues that affects poor people and affects middle-class people disproportionately. Okay, and so I have a story that I want to get to here about how this I just literally did the math on this in real time about a property that I'm looking to potentially get into. But before we do that, got to take this commercial break and a word from our sponsors. Hey, this video is brought to you today by our very own Bless God Shop. The name Bless God is inspired by Luke chapter 2, verse 28, where Simeon encounters a baby Jesus in the temple and proceeds to, quote, bless God. The apparel is intended as a daily reminder to live our life in a way that brings honor and blessing to God. Check out the link to the shop in the description or in the pinned comment below and pick up some of the most sustainable and high quality apparel out there. So I walked through this in real time recently. A buddy of mine uh, has a, a dad, dad's retired. He's been renting out this place. And I looked up, I looked it up and I was like, man, let me check this place out. Okay. Three bedroom, thousand square feet. They're in North Oceanside, right past the 76 off the So you're talking about maybe an hour and 10 minutes from downtown Los Angeles, maybe 50 minutes from the airport, uh, hour and 10 minutes from LAX, great location, maybe five minutes from the beach. Okay, he bought this house. I looked up the records. My buddy's dad bought this house in the late 70s for $30,000. Okay, $30,000. Think about that for a second. I saw that. And I, I almost threw up. I was like, man, I can't believe he got this for $30,000. This is an incredible house, right? He since added a bedroom to it, so on and so forth. So he bought the house for $30,000 in the, 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 the 70s, the late 70s, okay? You know what the average salary in San Diego was at the time? It was about $10,000 a year, okay? $10,000 a year, that means the house, 1,000 square foot home, was about 3X the average income in that area, Okay. Now, remove 2020. There still are places like that. If you're looking for a thousand home, thousand dollar, thousand square foot, you can find something like that in San Diego. That house today is worth approximately six hundred thousand dollars. The average income in San Diego is right about ninety thousand. The average household in San Diego is about ninety thousand. Okay. So instead of instead of it being triple the average income, it's now you know seven x. You call it seven x. Okay. So but a thousand square foot home it's still attainable. Like it's still within reason. You could potentially get into a home like that, except that isn't what's being presented to you. That isn't what's being preached to you. What's being preached to us is more and more and more consumerism. It's more and bigger and bigger houses. And so what Dave Ramsey was kind of getting at in this, in this clip, and again, there's some stuff out of whack in the housing market. It is a byproduct of COVID and, and all kinds of issues. Okay. But I want to point to a passage that I think will glue all of this together for many of us, because when you look at buying a home, you think, well, I, I, I got to be at least 2,000 square feet. Says who? Right? Well, it got it to be in this type of area. It got to be a single family dwelling. Check out this passage that should sober us. When we read the scriptures, I think we forget the reality that these folks were living under in terms of the real deal persecution many of them were facing and the suppressive, oppressive government of Rome and all the nuances that they were dealing with. But check out this passage. This is often misquoted. 
right? This is often misquoted and completely missed the context of, but Philippians chapter four, one of the most popular, popular verses, but completely lacking context. Philippians chapter four, I'll pick up at verse 10 because you got to read the verse before. This is Paul writing. He's writing the church in Philippi. He says, I have rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. So he's talking about this church that's concerned for him. They want to take care of him. He's an apostle, right? Um, Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am in. I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned that the secret of facing plenty and hunger and abundance and need that I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Okay, so that verse, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Here, this is actually about contentment. This is actually Paul writing and telling you, listen, I know what it's like not to have a whole lot. I also know what it's like to have and live comfortably. But the secret is that it's in contentment and through contentment, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's not a message that we're being preached to in the least bit. And by contentment, what I don't mean is complacency. By contentment, what I don't mean is burying your head in the sand and acting like your problems don't exist. No, no, no. It's just being sober with your reality and start from a place of gratitude so then you can make the decisions and take the steps you need to take to change your reality. But you can't really begin to change your reality and the way your life is going until you learn to change your own expectations and your own, it's going to be a mean word, entitlement. We're so entitled to have a 2,500 square foot home. We're so entitled to single family home suburbs that have completely destroyed a lot of the fabric of quality living in America. This idea of entitlement, I think, is something we desperately need to go back to. And I hope you guys would consider it and I hope you would pray through it. And despite whatever's going on out there, it doesn't change how you are to react in there. And if you guys want to hear about three more verified conspiracies that may shock you, Be sure to check this video out over here or this other video that YouTube has recommended for me to you. All right. Love you guys. Peace.